Tonight, a mass shooting in Canada. The chilling clues in a condo killing spree. A murderous rampage with multiple crime scenes. Five deceased victims having been shot and killed in three separate units. And the lone gunman who had a list of grievances. I know this has been brewing for a long time. Reflections from the Prime Minister. There's an awful lot of people who are hurting out there. A year of polarizing issues and the path forward. Plus, the push to prosecute Donald Trump. Nothing could be a greater betrayal of this duty. Criminal charges recommended for the former president over his role in the Capitol riots. CTV National News with Omar Sachedina. Reporting tonight, Anne-Marie Meadowake. Good evening. We begin with a horrifying night in a Toronto suburb just days before Christmas Eve. A man armed with a semi-automatic handgun targeting his neighbours. Five people were gunned down in a condo building. The suspect identified as 73-year-old Francesco Villi and was later killed by a police officer at the scene. CTV's Heather Wright starts us off with what we know about the gunman and the possible motive behind the shooting. People living inside this 16-story condo building describe a night of terror. They pulled out a woman and they were giving her chest compressions. Five people killed and one injured in a shooting rampage spread across multiple units and several floors. All victims reside in the condo building. Three victims were members of the condominium board. But the motive for the shooting remains part of this very complicated and very fluid investigation. The suspect, 73-year-old Francesco Villi, was shot and killed by a York Regional Police officer. A semi-automatic handgun recovered at the scene. Villi lived in the building for years, embroiled in various legal disputes with the condominium board, including a restraining order filed against him. I know this has been brewing for a long time, and I've commented to my wife several times this is going to end very badly. I am Francesco Villi. Billy documented his grievances online. He believed the electrical room beneath his unit was emitting electromagnetic waves, causing him pain and suffering. The floor vibrates in the morning. I shake and tremble. I try to sleep under my bed. There's no sleeping. His complaints were dismissed by the court. I got scared of him. So whenever I saw him, I would evade him. According to a conversation Billy posted online, the condominium corporation was requesting he sell his unit. A hearing that may have touched on a potential sale was supposed to take place this morning. For the past few days, the man was just, I don't know what was wrong with him, but he was out of his mind and he was just really, really pale. Police have not yet released the identities of those killed, but the 66-year-old woman who was injured is the wife of the condo board's president. He was not hurt. My heart goes out to the victims, uh, their families, uh, to people who knew them. Uh, it's just unspeakable. The province's special investigations unit is now involved probing the police shooting, which today the chief said likely saved lives. Anne-Marie. Just incredible. Thank you, Heather. Well, the prime minister spoke about the mass shooting today during an interview with CTV News chief anchor and senior editor Omar Sachedina. Uh, obviously, uh, my heart is breaking uh, for families uh, of the victims, for people who are, are injured in the hospital still. It's, uh, it's something that is, um, uh, is unthinkable. I can't imagine what they're going through. 
Gun control, just one of the topics Justin Trudeau addressed in the wide-ranging discussion. CTV's Ottawa Bureau Chief Joyce Napier reports. Can't talk to a Canadian family without hearing people. A walk with the Prime Minister in downtown Toronto as he looks back on the year that was. How you guys doing? A year of challenges and divisive issues that remain unresolved, including the controversial Liberal government's gun ban, with Justin Trudeau admitting that some of those rifles, even those used legally by hunters, will be banned. There are some guns, yes, that we're going to have to take away from people who were using them to hunt and say, but we're going to also make sure that you're able to buy other guns from a long list of, of guns that are accept that are fine for hunting. A year of unprecedented events. The occupation of Ottawa by the so-called Freedom Convoy protesting vaccine mandates with calls to overthrow the Trudeau government. You had said at some point um, during those protests that the that the protesters were part of a fringe who believed in conspiracy theories and wear tinfoil hats. I don't and I won't apologize for calling out people who were harming their fellow Canadians. As the year ends, deep disagreements over health care funding. This as the system crumbles and the Prime Minister refuses to increase funding to the provinces without conditions or even to have a meeting with all the premiers. I look forward to sitting down with them once there is the outlines of a deal. But right now, uh, they still want all this money with no accountability and no clear results. A government that has seen its share of ethics breaches since taking office. The last one involving Mary Ng, the trade minister who broke ethics rules over a contract awarded to a friend. From my perspective, it sucks um, because you, know, you don't want people to be making mistakes. You want people to be able to focus on delivering good things for Canadians. The relationship with China went from cold to tense. The Prime Minister's brief and seemingly unfriendly face-to-face -face with the Chinese president was a moment at the G20 meeting in Bali. I spoke directly and frankly with, uh, with the Chinese president to highlight uh, Canadian values, Canadian interests. With a possible recession looming, global instability and the war in Ukraine, those Canadian values may be put to the test in the coming year. Anne-Marie? Yeah, they certainly will. Thank you, Joyce. And you can see more of Omar's interview with Justin Trudeau on New Year's Eve. A conversation with the Prime Minister airs on CTV December 31st at 7 p.m. Well, a 45-year-old man has been charged in the hit-and-run which killed a young Ukrainian refugee in Montreal last week. Seven-year-old Maria was struck by a car while walking to school on Tuesday. The local Ukrainian community is planning a memorial service tomorrow, and her funeral will be on Wednesday. The U.S. House Committee investigating the January 6th Capitol attack made its closing arguments today, and members say there is enough evidence to warrant criminal charges against Donald Trump for his role in the violent mob siege and attempts to overturn the 2020 election results. As CTV's Richard Madden reports, the panel is calling for accountability from the former president and a time of reflection and reckoning. For the first time in U.S. history, a congressional committee is recommending criminal charges against a former president. We've never had a president of the United States stir up a violent attempt to block the transfer of power. In its final public hearing, the bipartisan January 6th committee said they have evidence. Donald Trump tried to illegally overturn the results of the 2020 election and directed an angry mob to storm the Capitol while votes were being certified. Among the most shameful 
of this committee's findings was that President Trump sat in the dining room off the Oval Office watching the violent riot at the Capitol on television. The panel is urging the Justice Department to charge Trump and his closest allies with obstructing an official proceeding, conspiracy to defraud the United States, conspiracy to make a false statement, and inciting or assisting an insurrection. Ours is not a system of justice where foot soldiers go to jail and the masterminds and ringleaders get a free pass. While significant and historic, the referrals hold no legal weight. The Department of Justice isn't bound to act on their findings from its 18-month investigation. But Trump and his allies called the committee, comprised of seven Democrats and two Republicans, a partisan sham. The ex-president called into a radio show while the hearing was underway. We have uh, all Democrats and Republicans in very poor standing, two of them. I mean, we, the yeah. whole thing. It's a yeah. kangaroo court. What can I say? And with the committee's full report expected to be released Wednesday, the spotlight now turns to the attorney general, who will make the ultimate decision whether or not to prosecute a former president. Anne-Marie. Thank you, Richard. Well, the murky future of a Trump-era border restriction is leaving many asylum seekers in limbo. About 20,000 people are waiting to cross into the U.S. in anticipation of Title 42 being lifted. But today, the Supreme Court put that on hold temporarily. Title 42 allowed the U.S. to turn away migrants during COVID. And while the crisis at the border heats up, temperatures in the rest of the lower 48 states are set to drop. A frigid Arctic air mass currently plunging western Canada into a bitter deep freeze is expected to consume most of the U.S. later this week. Environment Canada has issued extreme cold weather warnings for most of B.C., Alberta, southern Saskatchewan and the territories, forecasting wind chill values of minus 40 or colder. As CTV's B.C. Bureau Chief Melanie Nagy reports, the biting temperatures are cancelling events and causing travel chaos ahead of a busy holiday season. On a Vancouver sidewalk, a small fire burns. It's the only warmth for these men who call the streets home. I've been here for 30 years and it's never been this cold. Icy Arctic air has swept across B.C., prompting several extreme weather warnings and plunging temperatures below minus 30 in some regions. Things like frostbite and also uh, hypothermia are concerns when the temperature and the wind chill factor drop that low. With the biting cold, many homeless shelters are now at capacity and emergency warming centres have been opened. This kind of season can be the most deadliest season for people who are experiencing homelessness. The cold snap follows a series of snowstorms that blanketed much of B.C.'s south coast yesterday. The frigid conditions have caused chaos on Metro Vancouver roads. With dozens of accidents in the past 24 hours, major commuter routes were jammed at times and some highways temporarily closed. It's not just B.C. being hit with the bitter cold. There are extreme weather warnings for Alberta, where temperatures in parts of the province could drop below minus 40 this week. In Calgary, the cold combined with the wind chill shut down a popular festive attraction and forced a local ski hill to close. The ice and snow also caused problems at Calgary International Airport, which is busy ahead of the holiday season. Numerous flights were cancelled, leaving passengers like Martha Toledo stressed and stuck. This is really very bad. I feel mad. 
As for the extreme cold in both Alberta and B.C., Environment Canada says there will be no reprieve until the weekend. Melanie Nagy, CTV News, Vancouver. Across the Atlantic today, there was a long-awaited apology in The Hague over slavery. Today, I apologize. Dutch Prime Minister Mark Rutte admitted that for centuries, the Netherlands profited from the slave trade, which he condemned as a crime against humanity. He also announced nearly $290 million in funding to boost awareness and education about slavery, but no compensation is being offered to the descendants of enslaved people. And a landmark deal has been struck in the name of preserving the planet's land and marine areas as the COP15 conference wraps up in Montreal. Now, the key themes of the agreement are conservation, protection, and restoration of the ecosystems that hold our world in balance. CTV's Vanessa Lee has those details. Hailed as historic, the deal was struck in a marathon session that ran until 3 a.m., forging the path forward to reverse decades of environmental destruction. If we were to assemble in seven years, in 2030, and we would have accomplished everything that is in this agreement, it will be a very different planet, and, and it's going to be a major change. The most significant part of the pact is known as 30 by 30, a commitment to protect 30% of land and water by 2030. Currently, only 17% of terrain and 10% of marine areas are protected. Conservationists call it the Paris Agreement for Nature. Now there is a completely different level of accountability that uh, allows us not just to deliver action, of course, but also to hold accountable the ones who don't. Environment Minister Stephen Guilbeault says they've already mapped out part of Canada's plan to meet the targets. We are working very closely with Indigenous nations all across Canada on, on, on this very ambitious goal. While the summit was seen as the last chance to save the Earth's ecosystems, the 196 countries struggled on what protection looks like and who will pay for it. Last week, a group of African, South American and Asian countries walked out over funding, returning to the table a short time later. And just before the deal was sealed, the Democratic Republic of Congo, Uganda and Cameroon accused the COP15 leadership of forcing it through against their wishes. And I sincerely hope that this year's meetings will result in firm commitments. Environmental groups say there isn't a moment left to waste. Already a million species are facing extinction. Anne-Marie. Thank you, Vanessa. Well, for the first time, Canada is using new powers granted by sanctions against Russia to confiscate the assets of a well-known oligarch. The federal government says it will try and seize $36 million from a company owned by Roman Abramovich. He's a billionaire former owner of soccer club Chelsea in the U.K. and a close ally of Vladimir Putin. Russia's ambassador called Ottawa's announcement an attempted robbery in broad daylight. Well, families and loved ones are desperate for answers in Thailand after a warship sank on Sunday with more than 100 sailors on board. The ship was on patrol when it was hit by rough seas, the weather causing complications to rescue operations. 75 sailors have been rescued. One sailor said he was in the water for three hours before being rescued. 11 sailors are being treated in hospital and 31 are still missing. It is time for a short break, but when we come back... He's looking for some way to get out of this quicksand situation that he ultimately created. 
Elon Musk on the losing end of his own Twitter poll. Plus, the big deal over these pint-sized holiday passion projects. This was another unpredictable day at Twitter where there is now confusion about whether Elon Musk will remain as CEO. If he keeps his word and goes along with the outcome of a poll he posted, he'll be stepping down. Just the latest curveball from the billionaire since he bought the platform. CTV's Heather Butts reports. A quiet day on Twitter for Elon Musk after losing an online poll where he asked users if he should step down as CEO. More than 17 million voted with 57% clicking yes. Musk said he would abide by the results. There's nothing stopping him next week from throwing up another Twitter poll and saying, hey, uh, Twitter public, do, do you want me back? Do you want me back as CEO? An even bigger question is who would take over as CEO if he does follow through. You know, someone that has... I think validation within Silicon Valley, and it's one that could ultimately start to write this ship forward because this is going to be an Everest like uphill battle to turn this around. Twitter has grown more chaotic and confusing under Musk's leadership, with mass layoffs, abrupt policy changes, and account suspensions. Just before launching the poll, he faced backlash after creating a policy that restricted some links to other social media sites. Hours later, it was rolled back. He then apologized, saying going forward he would poll Twitter users about policy changes. Some in the tech sector see this as a fork in the road. It either turns around, and this is just a dark chapter, to what it would, could be a significant turnaround down the road, or does it become a MySpace AOL? Regardless of how the next tweet rolls out, the tech world is watching closely. What is he going to do about content moderation, and how are they going to be creating policies moving forward? And another big question is, is there going to be a competitor? Right now, there is no real competitor um, in this space. Even without the official title of CEO, many experts suggest it's very unlikely Musk would give up control of the company. Heather Butts, CTV News, Toronto. Disgraced movie mogul Harvey Weinstein has been found guilty of rape and sexual assault by a Los Angeles court five years after the allegations against him sparked the Me Too movement. Today, justice was won in the case of People versus Harvey Weinstein. Weinstein is already serving time for rape and sexual assault convictions in New York. He now faces an additional sentence of up to 24 years. Actors Johnny Depp and Amber Heard have finally settled their high-profile defamation lawsuits. Millions of viewers tuned in earlier this year to watch the former couple's trial in which they accused each other of physical and verbal abuse. A jury awarded Depp $10 million and Heard $2 million. But the two have now reached a deal that will see the actress pay her ex-husband $1 million, which Depp says he'll donate to charity. Still ahead, terrifying turbulence. The flight that sent passengers flying. It appears the help-wanted signs are starting to come down at Canadian businesses after job vacancies hit an all-time high earlier in the year. Statistics Canada says employers were looking to fill almost 960,000 positions in the third quarter. That's down more than 3% from the record high earlier this year. But vacancies are still higher than they were last year. There was chaos in the cabin of a flight from Arizona to Hawaii after the plane hit severe turbulence. 
it looked like a tornado went through the place. I thought, I don't think the plane will withstand this. 20 people had to be taken to hospital, including 11 who were seriously injured. Parts of the cabin were also damaged by flying items. An investigation is now underway. And a plane leaving Qatar had some valuable cargo on it today. Players from Argentina, including Lionel Messi, posed with the World Cup trophy on a flight back to Buenos Aires. Meantime, thousands of fans in Paris gave their team a hero's welcome today, despite the heartbreaking loss. France, of course, were the World Cup champions four years ago. After the break, it takes a village. Everybody takes a little piece and try to help put it all together. An open house on a treasured holiday tradition. We leave you tonight with a tale of two cities, both alike in Christmas spirit, created over decades by women whose passion for tiny treasures has grown into a big deal for family and friends. CTV's Manitoba Bureau Chief Jill Makishan takes us on a tour. In Carol Ann Schultz's living room, a Christmas creation two decades in the making. My dad bought me that village piece in the middle there with the train around it. And that kind of started me off. Since then, with the help of family and friends, her little village has grown into a miniature city. It takes two weeks just to set up and take down. Every piece you see here gets boxed in its original box and taken down into my basement. A labor of love. For Schultz, the joy is in sharing this with others. And every time I bought new pieces and people would come over, it would make them very happy. And it just became a thing that every year I'd keep growing my village to, you know, spread the Christmas cheer and inspire people. In an apartment complex across town, another awe-inspiring village. I owned and operated a daycare, and one of the daycare children gave me a small Christmas house, so I made a big deal of it. You could say that. For 40 years, Teresa Vanotrieve has been adding to the collection, and her husband Brian does all the wiring. Outgrowing their own space, this is now for everyone to enjoy. We actually had uh, two officers stop in here the other day and they said we heard on the street that this place has a huge village so they stopped in to have a look at it. But this is the last year. The Vanotrieves are selling their village but Schultz is still adding to hers. I have three children. I, I wish My wish one day is that each of them will take a third of it. Keeping Christmas bright through the generations. Jill Makishon, CTV News, Winnipeg. They are spectacular. That's it for us tonight. I'm Anne-Marie Medawake. For Omar Sachedina and all of us at CTV National News, thank you for watching. Good night, and we'll see you tomorrow.